Oh, hello there. Didn't see you there. It's uh, it's Chappy. Um, you caught me in the middle of doing the weekly ironing. I'm sort of uh, ironing Lady Shatterley's knickers right now. And she hates those sort of bobbles right on the back. So I need to, I need to pick those off very carefully. Uh, but she doesn't want those uh, irritating her crevasse. So uh, gently doing that. I'm also uh, pressing my long johns again and putting them away. I, I got the long johns out the other day. All-encompassing white thermal underwear. Um, because it, it was actually a little bit... Uh, We'll be on a chilly side on Friday if you listened into the podcast on Friday, but it's now boiling hot. We're back right into the Indian summer, um, so I'm just going to finish this. You know, make sure the the cuffs are pressed here, uh, and uh, Lord Shatley does like a nice crease uh, in the middle of his uh, in the middle of his pantaloons. So I'll, I'll make sure I do that as we uh, ease into episode 122 of Keep Time and Cauliflower Cheese. Oh, it's lovely to be here. So, yeah, I mean, it's all about multitasking. That's that's what this show is. So, you know, I keep up my butler duties. It's amazing how I can, uh, with my left hand, give things a good rub. And, uh, you know, with my right hand, class this highly esteemed microphone and present to you, keep calm and cauliflower cheese, just settling in into another Sunday. I, I sort of quite like doing it on a Sunday. You know, Saturdays sometimes do get away. And, uh, you know, I don't have time to complete this uh, audio Oscar best supporting podcast edition of, uh, of Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. But, you know, it's busy times here. You know, I need to keep the uh, towers nice and clean and tidy. Lots of dusting. I feel like I'm almost the Cinderella of the affair. The Cinderella of the podcasting world. Uh, or possibly one of the ugly sisters. I, I did do a very good job as an ugly sister back in the day. No warts, but, um, you know, I look good as an ugly sister, but uh, an incredibly incredibly unattractive female. Uh, you know, I would never make it in the drag scene, I don't think. Um, well, you know, there's always uh, some people like... Uh, some people like cream on their uh, crumble. Uh, some people like... Uh, uh, a dollop of ice cream and some people like uh, a little bit of custard you know I'm the sort of rhubarb to the custard there's always somebody out there who prefers a slightly different accoutrement or condiment to their uh, to their lives but I have to get the fans out again it's so bloody hot uh, when are we going to cool down I mean I shouldn't really cry because probably in a few weeks time There'll be two foot of snow. And I'll have to uh, put the Wellingtons, get the yak tracks back on, and uh, meander and stumble my way through sludgy slosh and snow. So I better enjoy it whilst it lasts here. And as I said last week, you know, showing off the uh, showing off the rather tan pins for another week, is no, there's no shame there. I hope you're having a lovely Sunday. Um, if you're having a, a nice roast... I do have a, I do have a sort of a passion and a penchant for maybe a minced lamb uh, shepherd's pie. I've seen a couple of pictures on uh, on Twitter 
different people were making a sort of minced lamb uh, shepherd's pie. That does sound that does sound rather good. And the, the tradition is uh, getting the uh, lamb from the roast and then mincing it up. I mean, quite a few of us do have a yearning for like autumn or tamalan winter dishes before the Indian summer scene out. And I know many of us are wanting to wear sweaters and uh, more clothes. That's not the case for the the uh, the American lads, the American men who seem to like to wear shorts all year round. I mean, it, it's shorts, t-shirts, and uh, some sort of baseball cap all year round. Now, me, the quickest I can get more clothes on, the better. I'm be- I just look better with more clothes. Less clothes uh, is 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 a scary option for me. More clothes, much better look. Going back to the shepherd's pie analogy, me without clothes is like a shepherd's pie without gravy and mashed potato. So some of the things that we may or may not be talking about today on the podcast, keep calm and cauliflower cheese. The uh, doorman, the infamous doorman that, uh, that attends the, uh, the Butler training school that uh, I attend also. Um, he's got a few more. He's got a new cohort and uh, he's got a new zinger. He introduced me to a new zinger this week. Also, I decided to, as I mentioned, never go back to the silent barber. The silent barber that we talked about last week, uh, the the moot barber, uh, the barber who just gestured and uh, didn't consult me about my hairstyle. Well, turns out that I made a complete pig's ear of the whole situation. Uh, and this is like a pig's ear that's been probably uh, savaged by some sort of dog or Hannibal Lecter. That's how much of a pig's ear uh, the haircut was. So I went back to my old barber and uh, chaos ensued. Uh, she was not she was not a happy camper. Uh, also, uh, in the week, I, I found that the toilet paper dispenser at uh, the Butler Training School got stuck. Um, now, I don't know if you've ever been in that situation before. Uh, we'll be talking about the difficulty of a toilet uh, roll dispenser where the toilet roll's slightly large and you can't move that wheel for love nor indeed money. Um, also, uh, we, we, we did mention on the show the other day, we're going to talk about it. Now, if you're not in a great mood, probably The Walking Dead isn't the best show for you to watch, but there was a heartwarming piece of uh, the show that I uh, decided to watch uh, three or four episodes to at the beginning of last week. So we'll be talking about that as well. And the infamous, the Red Baron, my father's old red Citroen van, was was finally released and went to the uh, red van in the sky where all the uh, cast over vans is blue van. Uh, He has, uh, he did have two red vans um, both of both of them actually cast away now, but uh, an emotional day for the old boy, uh, letting go of the red van. And that van was put into lots of good use over the years. And we talk about that uh, as well. Um, also, he had a visit from the uh, from the coal man. Uh, the coal man came along and uh, made a seems to be a running thread here. A little bit of a pig's ear of delivering the coal to my father's house the other day. Um, I had a stolen breakfast sandwich in the week. Uh, we'll be uh, looking at that. We never talked about um, the Apple Watch camera suddenly suddenly turning on in the shower as well. Um, we never talked about the cyclist slower than me, Britney Spears' engagement 
uh, Rangel the Rasta, who likes to play fantastic, fantastic reggae music on the bus. And, you know, on a Monday morning, what's better than listening to reggae? So thank you to the Rangel the Rasta for, uh, for or basically introducing me to some new reggae to ease me into my Monday morning. So there we go. That's the show. Uh, some of the other things that may be coming along the way here. We have a trump or trombone. We may be talking about gnomes. It's a fun-packed show. It's uh, once again packed to the proverbial barn rafters. And uh, I'm sure you're going to uh, enjoy it. But saw this in the week. Uh, my neighbors complained about me groaning too loud whilst having sex in the morning. If only they knew I'm just trying to put my socks on. So I do love seeing an article that talks about good carbs because that's the hardest thing for me. You know, love my white bread, uh, do love a baked potato, absolutely adore a baked potato. There's one of the number things they're talking about clothes and wanting to slip back into fall and winter fashions a little bit too soon before the Indian summer's out. I, I cannot ever throughout the year go without a baked potato. But some of the good carbs that you have, um, some of these I quite like, like barley, uh, often overlooked whole grain, contains beta-glucan fiber, secret weapon in the battle against high blood sugar. During digestion, beta-glucan forms a thick uh, vicus slurry that slows down digestion. And Nicholas uh, Bonday, PhD assistant professor at the World of Biochemistry at the University of Ottawa, uh, talks about this. As a result, glucose is released, gradually preventing a big spike in blood glucose levels. Go with whole grain barley where possible. Love some barley in soup, love it in a salad. Then you've got the plain unsweetened yogurt as well. Experts aren't sure if the lower the risk is because yogurt eaters tend to have healthier diets or whether the probiotics it contains guard against weight gain that can lead to type 2 diabetes. Berries as well. Fruit gets caught out for the sugar content, but uh, natural sugars come wrapped in those helpful package of fiber and antioxidants. Dark red and blueberries are rich in um, many of these, plus the higher in fiber than other fr uh, fruits make a great choice for healthy blood sugar. Lentils, along with fiber and protein, lentils contain unique carbohydrates called resistant starch. Don't mind the lentil. But then, my heart sank as I saw when you're keeping an eye on carbs, it's easy to assume starchy vegetables like winter squash are off the menu. Not true. Don't mind a winter squash. That's fine. The American Diabetes Association recommends filling a quarter of your plate with high quality carbs like the winter squash. But then the commonal garden pumpkin, the beggar of all vegetables, is, uh, is mentioned. Oh no, the pumpkin. I cannot handle, handle the pumpkin. Forget pumpkin pie. Forget... Uh, boiled pumpkins, uh, roasted pumpkins, it, they taste like poop. I do not like the pumpkin. And then everything is pumpkin spice flavored. Where's the spice in the pumpkin? The pumpkin is like the blandest of all uh, vegetables and should be uh, eradicated. <laughs> they should, the only thing that pumpkins are good for are being carved and made to look like jack-o'-lanterns at Halloween. That's all they're good for. They should not go anywhere near a plate or a palate or your gullet ever. Not a fan, uh, not a fan of the pumpkin, but the starchy low carb, I would stick to butternut squash. 
But everybody on the podcast knows my hatred of pumpkin spice. But brace yourself for pumpkin spice. Everything is coming, people. Beware. You've got your lattes. You've got the Oreos. You've got your Starbucks treats. But get ready for pumpkin-flavored Tampax, top ramen pumpkin-flavored, and best of all, pumpkin-flavored Jurex condoms. So even the old todger can smell of pumpkin spice. So we talked about my infamous uh, doorman at the Butler School. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this, this is the guy that it's almost like the Pinocchio. I mean, I don't know if he's trying to make conversation or if he's just being nosy and he's uh, like an Orwellian big brother watching you. So, you know, if you ever leave a little bit earlier, oh, off for the day, we'll be seeing you again today. No, I'm going home. Do not bother me. Do not talk. So I've, I've, I've started putting the headphones in and the sunglasses on and uh, maybe the face mask on as well. So I do not have to interact with this guy at all. It's getting annoying. I do not want him knowing my business, what I'm doing day in, day out. So that's the first thing. But the other day, he made, you know, a second sort of uh, swipe, a second swing at really annoying you. So decided to get a little bit of luncheon, you know. But you know what? For now, I think I'm bringing a packed lunch. But went out to get lunch and then came back. And this is the thing he said. And he's, I've heard him say this a couple of times. Well, that's going to set you up, isn't it? I, I, I don't want him, like, looking into my life and seeing what I'm doing, what I'm eating, uh, my routine, my schedule, you know. And, you know, I, I could just be having, a, like, an apple or something. That's not going to set me up for lunch. You know, maybe a slightly large sandwich or some fried chicken or something would set me up for lunch. But he doesn't know what's in the bag, nor do I want him to. But then he had a cohort, decided to, I decided to leave a little bit early and his cohort was there behind the desk. So I thought, okay, so, you know, the doorman, the normal doorman isn't there. So I'm not gonna get the same sort of uh, slightly awkward conversation. But this guy, uh, you know, this guy came along and then the regular doorman uh, came in beside him and uh, he said, oh yeah, you're one of the lucky ones to leave early, are you? And then they started laughing uncontrollably. This is just getting a little bit too much for me. I need to find a hidden exit. I need like a back cave exit to get out of the building. So I'm not going to be interrupted by the uber inquisitive doorman and his boy Robin cohort. Dentally challenged great white shark greets cage divers. Great white sharks often shed teeth while attacking prey or biting other objects, but replacement teeth quickly fill voids. The apex predators, in fact, might grow as many as 20,000 teeth in a lifetime. So after a cage diving company photographed a white shark missing many of its front teeth during an expedition to Mexico's Guadalupe Island earlier in the week, owner Martin Graf featured the image on Instagram, writing, Anybody know a good dentist? It's a good thing that the white sharks can replace teeth. Graf, who runs a San Diego-based shark divers uh, company, told FW uh, Outdoors that the juvenile white shark was going to, after a hang of bait, place behind the boat. Hang baits attract sharks so divers in cages can observe and photograph the predators. It's pretty unusual for the shark to have many missing teeth. Uh, and he did not know at which point and how the shark lost so many of its teeth. Sometimes they lose teeth 
when they bite into big prey, especially if it hit a bone in prey animal. Guadalupe Island, 165 miles west of Baja, California, port of Estenada, is one of the world's premier destinations of cave diving for great white sharks. The uh, season typically runs from late July to early November. Graf said there was too much activity to single out the shark for possible identification. We don't know from this picture what shark uh, it was. We saw 30 different sharks and they were all super active. I mean, it's almost like the shark is, uh, is like the uh, ODB, old dirty bastard uh, of uh, sharks with the bad rotten teeth. Or maybe he's the uh, British, maybe he's a British great white shark, a sort of artful dodger uh, missing a few fangs, Fagin. So after the poor performance of The Silent Barber a few weeks ago, I decided to revisit my old barber. I mean, I had more time on my hands. I wasn't going to be trudging through a hundred degree heat. Um, so I went back to the barber. And um, she was a little irritated. I mean, the barbers, I said this before, but the barbers do not like when they feel like you're cheating on them with another barber. They take great pride in their work. So sat me down, usual wisecracking. And, uh, and then she sort of lifted the long piece up um, that I have on the top of my head. You know, still got luscious locks. I clipped it above my head, a um, little bit like a man bun. And she just asked me, See, are, you, are you actually trying to go for the man bun? She says, your hairstyle looks like a skater kid of the 1990s. She said, what has the silent barber done to your hair? She had taken the buzzer right up to the top. So I was basically short right to the top. There was no blending, you know. This, this silent barber did not believe in, uh, in blending. I mean, more of a lumpy style, to be honest. Although it was incredibly short, right to the top. And I looked like uh, some sort of skater kid from the 90s. Uh, that my old barber and my current barber was never going back to silent barber. She said, uh, that, you know, wondered if I was wanting to grow the man bun. She said, for a man of your age, this is not a good look. And it might take until spring to grow it back so you can blend it back to how it was before. Now, I know some people want me to just go right back to the beginning and just go for the curly look. Well, you know what? I put a lot of hard yakka, hard work, into getting my hair to this wondrous state of length. I'm not going to let the silent barber... Uh, you know, I'm not going to let her butcher me and, 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 and cause me to lose my dreams of having longish, straight, fairly floppy hair. You know, I had this as a kid. We didn't have such things as Matt Clay back in the, uh, back in the day, back in the aeons of time. And uh, I'm going to get back and be, you know, an incredibly good boy. It's like a, it's like a, a marathon runner before, before the day. There's lots of training to go in. I have to train and prepare my locks for the glory days, the gold medal that I'll receive once again. But at the moment, she says, is I a skater boy? Or says, you could grow it over and it could look like a toupee. Now, that's one thing. I do not want uh, a Trump toupee and I'm never going to cheat on my barber again. So we have the skiving teacher from Sicily took 769 days off in three years to do consultancy work in Italy. A maths teacher took 
769 days off work in three years, has been exposed as a fraudster after police discovered he was working across Italy as a consultant. The 47-year-old Sicilian, who had not been named, racked up 450 days of sick leave and 310 days of paternal leave uh, to take care of a small child when he was meant to be teaching in a school in Pordone in northern Italy. The teacher relied on a constant flow of medical certificates supplied by his family doctor in Argento, Sicily, until frustrated colleagues lost patience and called the police. By tracing the man's toll road payments, his hotel bookings, investigators established that he was far from bedridden and had been rarely been at home, but was instead crisscrossing Italy on consultancy contracts which earned him €97,000 over the period. His contracts with the Italian government, which include working for the Environmental Ministry, meant his pocketing two state salaries at once. After judges declared that he could only seize the 97,000 euros and 13,000 euros in sickness and childcare benefits the teacher had also decreed, his lawyer tried in vain to get proceedings shifted to a court in Sicily, suggesting that his client would receive fairer treatment there. The case is the second involving crafty Sicilian civil servants to emerge in recent years after a doctor from the island succeeded in putting in only 15 days of work in nine years by combining lengthy bouts of sick leave with training courses. When exposed in 2014, he said, going on courses is normal. I'm being punished for developing my understanding. The top prize for calling in Sicarov has gone to a fire safety officer at hospital in Calbria in the toe of Italy, who draw his salary without showing up for days in 15 years until he was discovered by police. Uh, Salvatore uh, Sumashi was alleged to have avoided scrutiny at the Plugizi uh, Cicero Hospital in Cantazaro after he threatened a personal official. I always used to have this teacher who uh, talked about Skyvitus, and uh, Skyvitus is the ailment that many a schoolboy has over the years. So my dad's vehicular joy of his life, the Citroen van, another incarnation, has had more incarnations than Doctor Who, uh, has finally been sent to the big automotive cloud in the sky. But gratefully and delightfully, he did make 150 pounds on it. Now, this van has uh, probably been around for 10 or 15 years, I imagine. And he had two red vans. He had one red van down at my grandparents' house uh, with tarpaulin all over it uh, that I don't think it ever went because it basically rusted over. Um, but uh, the Red Baron, as it likes to be known, I mean, it was, uh, it was a menace on the roads. Uh, it liked to go into hyperdrive. That's my dad always used to tell me. That whenever we went in and played golf, we'd driving along in the van, he always would put it into hyperdrive. But, uh, but very sad, the Red Van that only had classical FM. Um, it basically, it could only have classical music on there. So he had uh, like Vivaldi and the Sugar Plum Fairy playing playing uh, on the uh, on the radio whilst driving it along. But I mean, this thing was uh, amazing. I mean, he used to like uh, tie the village idiot to the uh, to the back of it and plow potato furrows with it, basically just tugging along a drunk village idiot behind. I mean, that's some of the things that we like to do in the sort of rural aspects of. Uh, of, of the UK, um, you know, when you've had a little bit too much barley wine, a little bit too much cider, you know, you have to uh, find your way home, and sometimes you just have to be basically dragged along. Um, but uh, I don't know how many bags of potatoes. I mean, that's something else that my, uh, much to my mother's uh, delight and probably chagrin, uh, she had to pick up probably uh, three or four tons of potatoes. 
Now, you know, the, all that sort of bending over and uh, bending of the knees is, is like just basically squatting. It's very good for you. You know, it, it, it does tone up the, uh, the back of the leg muscles, those calf muscles. I mean, it's a sort of a rural exercise, basically. Um, but she, uh, she spent the last week doing that. So, but no longer will several bags of potatoes go in the back of the red van. I mean, the horsepower of this thing was immense. I mean, it could drag uh, people out of a mire, out of a bog. If you ever get stuck, you know, and there's probably been times when I've had a few too many Guinnesses and had to be dragged out of a, of a bog with the red van. Now, to lift me out of the bog, that thing needs a lot of horsepower. It has the impressive Herculean power. I would love to see my uh, my father in like a yellow Reliant Robin, Trotter's Independent, Trader's style. Uh, anyway, tribute to uh, Boise, Molly, who passed away uh, today. One of my favorite Boise quotes from Only Fools and Horses is this one. Did you know, Derek, uh, 500 years ago, this green and peaceful area, the old Earl of Peckham had a castle where the quick-fit exhaust centre now stands. Flaxen-haired maidens used to dance around the village maypole of an evening, and then one fateful medieval day, the Trotter clan arrived in the stolen Zephyr. Before you knew it, the flaxen-haired maidens were up the spout, and the old Earl had been sold some hooky armour and somewhere to nick the maypole. <laughs> Macho men emit more greenhouse gases and raise the temperature. Long ago, fossil fuels were identified as driving climate change, but scientists have come up with another culprit, macho male stereotypes. Researchers have found that men's consumption habits make them emit more greenhouse gases than women. The differences involve cars and a diet. Men spend more on fuel and meat, a significant source of carbon emissions, than women. The study published by the journal Industrial Ecology looked at single adults in Sweden examining their food furnishings, holidays and transport. On average, men were responsible for nearly 18% more greenhouse emissions than women, despite spending only 2% more on their lifestyles. The report found that women were more likely to buy relatively low-emitting products, including healthcare and clothes. The men spent more on what the study termed greenhouse gas intensive, with petrol being the biggest cause. British men, however, mirror their Scandinavian brothers, the researchers said. These findings are in line with previous research on gender differences in energy use and seem to be relevant for a number of countries. Annika Carlson Kanyama of the research company Ecoloop has led the study and said that men should also view women as role models. Men and women spend their money differently. If men spend less on petrol and more on buying things for health or to embellish their homes, it would lower their emissions. Carlson admitted that the research might provoke some difficult discussions. It makes people uncomfortable to discuss the fact that men and women affect the environment differently. It's not about blaming, it's about thinking about policy instruments that could lower greenhouse gas emissions. The findings come as scientists warn that if carbon emissions continue to rise, the UK would experience temperatures of 40 degrees Celsius and more. Under the worst projections by the end of the century, this temperature would have reached. So we can just blame global warming on flatulent cows and alpha males. So trundled into work uh, the other day and really felt like I needed a breakfast sandwich or something to start my day. You know, some 
bacon, sausage patty, egg, the deliciousness of a breakfast sandwich. So ordered it online. I was going to pick it up from Starbucks. My attention was slightly interrupted where I saw an old colleague of mine and uh, started chatting to her. You know, my eye was still on the prize, waiting for my my delicious breakfast sandwich to uh, to be brought out and laid on the side, ready to pick up. And you know, I was in a in a fairly heated conversation. hadn't seen uh, this lady for a while. She changed careers, and um, and I saw this rather rotund fella. I think I'd seen him around before. Uh, misfitting jeans that uh, were probably a little bit too high and a short sock. Now, if you're going to do the misfitting jeans, which are a little bit short, you need a longer sock. Yeah, go for the bright sock, the garish sock. But anyway, he sneaked in like a thief in the night and went over and took my steaming hot deliciousness that is a breakfast sandwich off the side. And I was sort of flabbergasted. I was lost for words. But you know what? This is probably the most stealth and most pace this fella has ever had. He just ran off. And I said to the lady, I said, I think that gentleman just took my breakfast sandwich. You know, he took the breakfast sandwich. So I went to the front of the counter and the lady uh, behind the counter at Starbucks did relay my fears. She, She basically confirmed that that weasel had taken my breakfast sandwich and in fact it was the last of the sausage patties so I had to try the beyond sausage patty that's basically the plant-based patty maybe the maybe the guys give me a couple more years of my life because I didn't take the sausage patty but you know what I didn't get the same kickstart to the day that I was hoping that deliciousness of the sausage patty in the breakfast sandwich was missing. And that fella somewhere had cheese dripping down his chin and chomping away at my sausage. The bugger. I mean, like the artful Dodger's sausage sandwich stealer. Does he do this? Does he loiter around and linger and wait for a sausage sandwich to be on its own, a breakfast sandwich to be on its own, and then he pounces and he takes it and he doesn't have to pay and he gets his free breakfast. You know what though, chap? There's nothing in life as such as a free breakfast. So some very uh, perturbing news here. Bangers and mash is a mystery, say young adults. British food classes such as bangers and mash, toad in the hole and spotted dick are at a risk of dying out as half of millennials have never heard of them. Or think they're fictional. One in seven 25 to 34-year-olds believe that toad in the hole consisted of an actual toad cooked with potatoes, while 41% think the dish was made up. Almost a quarter have never tried a scotch egg. 18% they thought it didn't exist. The research by Aldi, the supermarket, found levels of ignorance amongst the traditional British food amongst young adults. 41% of those polled said that they had never heard of bangers and mash. 12% said that the dish derived its name from Firework Night, and 4% believed it came from an 80s pop song. 10% said they'd never heard of black pudding, and 13% believed that Eaton Mess was made up. Some were convinced that Spotted Dick was named after Richard III. Well, yeah, it's sort of impressive that they know some history, although nearly half, 46%, did not believe that it's a real pudding. Nearly a third had not tried Bubble and Squeak. 
what was it, Breakfast Delight Bubbling Squeakers. The supermarket has partnered with Seren Charrington Hollands, one of Britain's leading food historians, to help explain the stories behind classic dishes and the origins of their names in advance of British Food Fortnight. Charrington Hollands said, As a nation, our culinary history is rich with stories and delicious dishes. Over time, people's preferences and tastes tend to change, but it was surprising to learn that such a large chunk of Brits are not familiar with classics such as Bangus and Mash and Toad in the Hole. Well, I think I've done my bit because I've introduced to a number of people uh, Toad in the Hole. I mean, absolutely delicious. And uh, did always, constantly send my mother-in-law a can of Spotted Dick at Christmas time. I mean, after doing a little bit of more research, I did find in the London Times a letter. It was uh, dated March the 23rd of this year. And this may be some of the reasons why Spotted Dick and Bangers and Mash... uh, no longer known as famous British dishes amongst the younger people. Sir, Valentine Lowe suggests that scouts no longer do sausages. I'm an explorer scout leader from Kendall and confirm that health and safety will not prevent us from cooking sausages on open fires with scouts of all ages from Sunday. So, health and safety are preventing our children from cooking bangers and therefore indulging in the delight that is Toad in the Hole. Hello, Dow, it's time for Trump or Trombone. Police have warned shop staff to be on the lookout for children buying large quantities of baked beans. It follows the emergence of a new TikTok trend called beaning. Uh, it, that sounds slightly indecent, which involves smearing the contents of a can of beans over uh, var door handles and in some case driveways. West Yorkshire police have also urged parents to make sure their kids aren't taking beans out with them. Uh, Michelle Owen said, It has come to our attention, uh, the police, that a new trend has started by groups of youths called beaning. This involves youths throwing the contents of a can of baked beans over properties very similar to the trend of throwing eggs over properties as well. If you work in a shop, please be aware of youths buying large quantities and cans of baked beans. I mean, this isn't going to help the whole methane greenhouse effect, is it, as well? If you have children living at home, please be mindful if you see them removing cans of beans from the family house. Pouring beans over old bangers really wouldn't be good for the emissions testing. And an Italian man who is obsessed with Lord of the Rings lives a pure hobbit lifestyle and has got a Middle-earth look so right that even the stars of the movies are now his fans. Elijah Wood, who played Frodo Baggins in Peter Jackson's film, Adaptation of the Epic Fantasy, sent a message of support to Nicholas Gentile, the Italian pastry chef who identifies himself as a hobbit and is now planning to transform five acres of the Bucciano countryside near the town of Shiti in Abruzzo into a hobbit village. I hope this finds you happy, healthy and well, the Green Street Star said. I went to your Instagram page and it is incredible what you are doing. I love the costumes, the individual set photos, all of this done in front of fires smoking a pipe. Hmm, Lord of the Ring pieces. So as you know, I uh, like to collect uh, gnomes and I keep a count of gnomes. Um, I now have 121 gnomes the 122nd gnome for the 122nd edition of the podcast here um but the history of gnomes are interesting garden gnomes are among the most common garden decorations in the west 
we encounter them nonchalantly scattered across lawns in the gardens and yards from North America to Greece. Gnomes are shaped as ornamental figurines of various size depicting males of a small mythological humanoid race that lives underground. Their history goes back to another ancient Roman mythology covering uh, centuries of Western European tradition. Also, from the very beginning, they were considered to be very good luck charms. Um, so the garden gnome meme and the etymology of the word gnome is not clear, uh, but parcelers named the elemental earth being pygme or nomi, possibly the Greek word uh, genomus, meaning earth dweller. Um, but the, the earliest appearance of garden gnomes like statues were in ancient Rome. Their garden forerunners were statues that represented the go Roman gods. The most common of them were the god uh, Priapus a minor fertility deity who originally came from Greek mythology. He was a protector of livestock, planting and gardening and was symbolized by his depiction. The primary function of these statues is to protect the gardens from evil spirits. Um, in the Renaissance era, the grotesque potentially statues were expanded following the general spirit of the age. Swiss alchemist Parcellus was the first to describe them as creatures of magical power. According to him, gnomes were one of the four elements of nature. Uh, spirits, invisible beings that existed among humans uh, belonging to the earth. They would come out at night to help plants grow. During this period, gnomes were uh, called grotesques and thus were made to be ugly petite hunchbacks. Uh, what, a, what a delightful description. Painted in bright colours and named by the Italian word nobi. Garden gnomes became widely popular as home ornaments by the beginning of the 18th century for mostly wealthy families. The popularity of gnomes persisted thanks to the folklore myths and stories from around the world such as German fairy tales where gnomes and dwarfs were present largely as little creatures with mythical power helping humans in farming. But the gentleman who invented garden gnomes did so apparently because he thought they would attract real gnomes for afternoon tea. So this is a late contender, late runner and rider in the podcast today. It's possible no one has ever told you this. But the way you take your mac and cheese says a lot about the kind of person you are. Whether you opt for baked over, stovetop, boxed over, homemade, wacky cheeses over straightforward ones, people gather information about you when you order mac and cheese. Your preferences like your spirit animal and reveal truths much like your zodiac signs does. What does your mac and cheese spirit animal say about you? If Kraft mac and cheese is your spirit animal, you know what you like, you aren't afraid to let people know, you're headstrong and tough, but have a soft spot. You're also a picky eater it might be a time to branch out. If baked mac and cheese is your spirit animal, you're a warm, gooey, kind individual who knows how to comfort somebody dear on the tough of his days uh, and make them the best kind of friend. That might be me. I might be the baked mac and cheese. If stovetop mac and cheese, I made that the other day, you're consistent, dependable and honest. You cherish friendships long, walks on the beach and the smoothest of cheese sauces. I do love I feel like I am a very charming smoothie cheese sauce. If breadcrumb top mac and cheese is your spirit animal, you're as American as it gets. You have a can-do attitude and your general good taste means you can do just about anything. In other words, you're impressive. If fancy mac and cheese is your cheese, I'm a little fancy I guess, you're adventurous, fun and always ready to have a good time. You can appreciate a fine glass of wine but you'll never turn down a PBR. If fried mac and cheese decadence is your middle name and you're not ashamed of who you are, bold, brash and absolutely irresistible. Uh, mac and cheese grilled with grilled cheese. You're most likely voted life of the party in your high school yearbook. If mac and cheese uh, on a pizza is your spiritual animal, you're certainly a unique individual. You're misunderstood by many, but deeply loved by few who truly get you. 
which mac and cheese is your spirit animal? Delightful having you here for another Sunday edition of the podcast. Just sort of a calming, sort of almost a slightly, slightly spiritual affair having the podcast on a Sunday. Um, but, you know, as your mac and cheese is bubbling away, you might be able to hear the uh, sound of keep calm and cauliflower cheese emanating because i mean it is a comfort food mac and cheese and so is cauliflower cheese so it, you would think anywhere where it might emanate other than bubbling keep calm and cauliflower cheese it might emanate from mac and cheese so listen away but i'm on all the other platforms if you can't hear me in your mac and cheese you might be able to hear me on spotify apple music pandora iHeartRadio, audible all of them like and subscribe it's lovely to have you. There is a musical edition of the podcast on Spotify. If you like such tunes as Little Lies, Fleetwood Mac, if you like a little bit of musical theatre, if you like some Prince, if you like some old Dirty Bastard, if you like the Eels, if you also like uh, the Talking Heads, Lisa Stansfield, Ariana Grande, then the uh, musical edition would be the edition for you. Coming up next, we have a little Indian summer poem. Along the line of smoky hills, the crimson forest stands, and all the day the blue jay calls throughout the autumn lands. Now by the brook the maple leans with all its glory spread, and on the summits of the hill have turned their green to red. Now by great marshes wrapped in mist, or past some river's mouth, throughout the long still autumn day, wild birds are flying south. Have a ro- lovely rest of your Sunday. Uh, have a smashing one. I think I'm going to tuck into a little bit of smoked salmon, some salad, and maybe a baked potato. Always a baked potato. Nice and buttery, nice and cheesy, just so I like it. Hopefully you have a lovely week. I will be back again uh, next Friday, God willing. Until then, chappy out. Cheerio.